Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. We at Skift are all about disruptors in travel. And today we have an interview with an executive who's been shaking up the airline industry with his long haul, low cost approach. Norwegian Air has been making headlines over its inexpensive transatlantic flights, its strategy of using airports in smaller markets instead of large international hubs, and its plans to expand to Argentina. Bjorn Kios, the CEO of Norwegian Air, was a speaker recently at the first ever Skift Forum Europe in London. He also spoke to me, editor and podcast host Hannah Sampson, behind the scenes in the Skift Take studio. Our conversation touched on the introduction of $65 one-way transatlantic flights, competition from legacy carriers, the airline's growth opportunities around the world, and the risks facing global travel. This mini-episode is one of several conversations we're bringing you from backstage at Skift Forum Europe. So I want to start with a headline that we've been seeing a lot of, which is $65 transatlantic fares. Why is that a good idea? Um, and how much interest does that generate for you? Oh, it generates a lot of interest. Uh, of course, uh, uh, people get, uh, of course, very interested in uh, low fares, especially across the Atlantic, mm-hmm. because uh, Atlantic have been overpriced for so many years. So, um, yeah, it generated a lot of interest. And do you see more fares like that coming? Um, is that just kind of something to get attention and then people book, you know, something that's still cheaper than most transatlantic, but uh, is the $65 fare just like a one-time thing? It depends on where you are flying out. Of, uh, of course, in uh, flying out of UK, you have a lot of taxes, hmm. but uh, from other countries, you will see, definitely see fares uh, below $100. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's tremendous interest in low-cost travel by air these days um, all over. So why, why do you think there's such an appetite and why is it, why is it available to the extent that it is now? It is. Uh, one of the reasons is uh, because of the new aircraft. And uh, of course, we fly into uh, 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 airports that haven't been uh, uh, actually on the map earlier. It's like uh, smaller catchment areas like uh, Providence and Hartford, Stewart, they uh, haven't been uh, operated, uh, at least uh, have a, no long-haul flights have been operated into these airports. And do you think that there's a lot of demand for those like not typical gateways, but those smaller airports where you're going to be operating some of those flights? Uh, yeah, we know it because we have seen it on the, on the sale of the tickets. So uh, we know there is a large interest uh, in the, these uh, areas. And of course, like Providence is one of the most beautiful parts of US. And, and uh, Stewart, it's only one hour and 15 minutes uh, north of Manhattan. So you're probably down in your uh, second gin and tonic before your friends come from JFK or Newark. <laughs> <laughs> what are passengers willing to put up with in order to get a cheap flight? especially a cheap transatlantic flight? I think it's a normal, uh, they get a normal uh, uh, operating uh, aircraft uh, 
the only difference is uh, this is a single aisle, not a twin aisle. <coughs> but uh, you, we have, you have flown twin aisle from over the Atlantic for many, many years, like the 757. So it's not any big difference. And it's uh, this is uh, completely uh, new aircraft. Uh, that is the reason why we can do it. Mm-hmm. Where do you see most of the competition coming from? Um, in your in your segment, is it legacy airlines that are introducing basic economy, or is it some of those um, new low cost long haul airlines that competitors are talking about starting now? I think it's uh, you will see both, but um, mainly it's the legacy airlines. It was the same as when we started low cost uh, in Europe. Mm-hmm. All the legacy uh, airlines, uh, some of them laughed, some of them tried to copy it. But it's very difficult to copy a low cost operation. Uh, it's not you. You have to do more than paint the aircraft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What else do you have to do? What are what are some of your secrets? <laughs> well, first of all, you have to uh, you you can only do it with new air- aircraft because you need uh, uh, you need low operating cost. And uh, uh, secondly, uh, you have to uh, you have to fly in a totally different way than the legacy carriers. They are uh, relying on on uh, uh, the waves, what we call the waves in both ends, but uh, we have uh, our we have a large network ourselves, um, close to 500 routes here in Europe, and we only fly to large catchment areas in US, except for the for the this uh, new operation with the Max 77, mm-hmm. where we fly into smaller catchment areas, but smaller they are still there will be big catchment areas in Europe. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest risks right now for? Not only your operation, but also air travel. Um, you know uh, the the boundless appetite for travel right now. I think the biggest risk is always the terrorist uh, terrorist attacks. <clears throat> uh, you never know uh, when these attacks uh, uh, come, and uh, they are actually because uh, they, then people stop flying. You have seen it in some areas. They are actually rare nowadays. They are, uh, and that's a good thing. I think uh, a lot more people will be killed in the traffic than in in, in these uh, terrorist attacks. But uh, they are scary in a way that uh, there is very much uh, TV and and uh, so stories around it. So uh, so uh, it's they are hyped to uh, to, uh, to an extent, and that of course that. Uh, scare people off we see a lot of talk and we at skiff talk a lot about the potential impacts of brexit and the new president of the united states and his policies um some of which involve travel to a great extent do you see any impact from either of those um kind of political movements yet in your business or do you anticipate that you'll see any kind of fallout First of all, the Brexit. Uh, yes, we see uh, the the UK people uh, travel less because uh, the pounds uh, has a much lower value, so it's uh, more expensive for the Brits to travel into Spain, like uh, Spain and France. So uh, uh, we see it. On the other hand, we also see it's cheaper for Americans, Scandinavians, and all others to travel into uh, to UK. Uh, because the pound is uh, has devaluated, 
So uh, it's both negative and positive. Uh, the new president, uh, he uh, he likes uh, creating jobs, of course, and, uh, and we fly American airplanes, and we also have American bases. Probably the only op European operator that have American bases. So we actually, we, I think we fulfill his demand. And uh, looking at it, uh, I think um, these things that uh, you know, with the ban on some of the countries that doesn't affect us actually is uh, because it's a very it's more uh, the Middle East carriers that will affect. Mm -hmm. Where do you see the biggest opportunity for Norwegian in the next five years or so? Is there a part of the world that holds a lot of promise for you or are there new strategies in the parts of the world where you're already flying? I think it's a combination. I think it's a, it's a lot more to do uh, across uh, the Atlantic uh, because people like to travel. Uh, and uh, when we can uh, give them uh, low fares, uh, there are new, there are a whole, a whole new part uh, of uh, travelers that will start traveling uh, across uh, from Europe to US and and Americans traveling into Europe. So uh, and that is the same that happened uh, on on uh, low cost when that started up with the, here in Europe. You will see the same uh, across Atlantic. And of course, it's, uh, it's many parts of the world that will start traveling in the future that really haven't started traveling because tremendous high fares. Mm -hmm. um, South America is something you guys have been looking at. Is that, um, is that something you expect to move into in a big way or is that still pretty far off in the future? Well, no, we are uh, looking at South America and uh, there's no secret that we have set up a company in Argentina. Uh, South America is, uh, is a fantastic uh, continent uh, that people <clears throat> that people will uh, explore. Uh, it's, the, it's a really fascinating uh, continent, and uh, I think that uh, that will be a new tourist uh, market. Um, well, Bjorn, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you like what you've heard from Skift Forum Europe 2017 in London, there's more in store. Skift Global Forum is coming up on September 26th and 27th in New York City. Find out about this and other events at forum.skift.com. This show was produced by Ben Glaui, who can be found on Twitter at visible underscore sound. Assistant editor Sarah Enlow provided additional support. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Skift on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating and a comment to help other listeners find us. Past episodes and a link to subscribe are online at podcast.skift.com. And this has been the Skift Podcast. Thanks for listening.